Well, I want to welcome you all to another Daily Decade, your rosary on the road. Now I've got uh, three straight episodes going, so I guess we're back in the swing of things. Hopefully we'll be all back on the swing of things again tomorrow. I've got uh, a couple of prayers in the inbox. I finally checked the email, and I, I hope that you'll forgive me for this. I have been neglecting the email somewhat. Uh, fortunately, we didn't have too many that were sitting in there. I've been um, keeping up with the, the prayer chat uh, for my private prayers. I'm going to bring everybody in slowly, one at a time, into the uh, uh, into the, the general flow uh, as I continue to do uh, intentions uh, day by day. And I'm going to try to fold the email people in with the prayer chat so that everybody gets prayers said, everybody gets their intentions heard uh, by the whole audience so that we can all pray together for each other. Um, when it gets uh, when I, I get a back, I guess that's a, a good reason for me not to take these little breaks like this because then I end up with a backlog and I've got to figure out what to do with it. Uh, but uh, I had a couple of prayer requests, three prayer requests come in all at once. And so I'm going to go through them one at a time in the order that they were received. And the first one is uh, from DV, uh, who would like to pray for uh, the repose of the soul of his uh, late fiance, uh, Holly is her name. And it's a, a very, very sad story. Uh, I won't go into a lot of the details for the sake of his privacy and, uh, and, and for hers as well. Uh, but she uh, seemed to be a, a wonderful Christian woman uh, who was taken quite before her time by uh, unfortunate circumstances that have to do with the... Well, she was taken before her time by human circumstances. And so uh, he's very much in need of our prayers, and, and she is as well, uh, so perhaps less in need than he is. I know how that is. Uh, so I'd like to pray for them. And uh, I have a couple of other prayers that we'll get through as we go on through the week. But if you have any prayer intentions, even though we're in a backlog, I don't want you to feel discouraged. Go ahead and send them in. Uh, Daily Decade Requests at ProtonMail.com. That's D-E-C-A-D-E, requests in the plural, at ProtonMail.com. All of the emailed prayer requests always get priority, so if you've got something pressing, that's the place to send it. You can also uh, drop a comment on uh, praytherosaryeveryday.wordpress.com, where we post the recording, uh, where we're syndicated at exodusamericanus.com. You can also find me at at Mario Goretti at nobodyhasthe.biz and... Uh, at the Daily Decade on Gab. There's no way to directly contact me on Telegram. Uh, but nevertheless, if you know how to find me, you can find me on there and uh, submit your prayer request there or in the prayer chat that we've got set up. I was not the one that set it up, but it has sort of become the prayer chat for the Daily Decade. Uh, if you are familiar, if you are associated at all with the Exodus Americanus people uh, on Telegram, you'll be able to find your way into the prayer chat. So that's all of that. If you want to send in a prayer request, if you have requests uh, for a topic that you'd like to hear uh, a reflection on, uh, if you have uh, anything, questions about anything that I've said in the past, corrections, if I've gone off the reservation in your opinion, anything like that, I'm, I, I'd love to hear from you, and uh, I promise to give you the time at least to read your email. I know that I haven't been terrific about responding to them, but I will respond to all the emails that have not received responses, 
in the meantime, though, uh, I will. I do read every single email that I receive. I read it several times if I uh, if it's if it's particularly long, and uh, I want to make sure that I've got the sense of it. Uh, so don't ever be afraid to write those things in and send them in to me. Right now, for now, let's go ahead and uh, turn our our thoughts and our our hearts and our minds to God. Get your rosaries out. I was smart. I didn't put it in my pocket today. Uh, and we're going to pray uh, for DV and uh, for the repose of the soul of Holly. Today is uh, Thursday, so we're going to pray in English. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. 
To thee do we send up our sighs, our mourning, and our weeping from this veil of tears. Turn then, O gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy unto us. And after this, our exile, shew unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary, pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. For forth we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we to whom the incarnation of Christ, thy Son, was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection. Through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. For the repose of the soul of the handmaiden of God, Holly, eternal rest grant unto her, O Lord, and make thy perpetual light to shine upon her. And may she rest in peace. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Most sacred heart of Jesus, thy kingdom come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Well, hopefully y'all aren't picking up on too much of the ASMR sounds that I've got going on in the background here. We've got uh, rain, we've got uh, some pretty loud truck noises, I've got the windscreen wipers going back and forth. Uh, it's uh, pretty cruddy weather today. But, uh, yeah, anyway, I, I feel like we should continue on this theme that we've got going this week, which is uh, death, that ever-cheerful subject. But one that is... You know, we, we say that ever-cheerful subject. Death is, is so central to our faith. It's so elemental to everything that we believe. And in a proper understanding, it is a joyful thing to understand that God has... What's the word that I'm looking for? Not graced, but uh, prepared. God has prepared a a place for us after all this this test of our lives is over and for that reason our entire life is an un, is a, an unfolding of an understanding of death and also a, a series of deaths it is a uh, St. Paul talks about a mortification it's, it's putting to be being crucified to the world that crucified to the world means dying to the world it means uh being torturously uh, executed to the world and to carnal reality. And so much is our spirit at war with this carnal reality that it has given rise to the belief that in fact these are two separate things and one must inevitably destroy the other. That's where dualism comes from. That's where the Manichees came from. St. Augustine's uh, error in his youth was to follow the Manichees who taught that there were uh, two natures in man, the flesh and the, uh, and the spirit which were at war with one another and that when the flesh drew one into evil uh, it was only following its nature it wasn't really you doing that the real you is the, uh, is the spirit you there's a quote that's misattributed 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 that's the word I'm looking for misattributed to C.S. Lewis where he says people talk about having a soul how you uh, 
and it, it, you you don't uh, you aren't a body that has a soul you are a soul you have a body uh, I have a hard time believing that Lewis would have ever said that and I, I believe I've quoted it here before with the caveat that I'm not sure that he actually said it but as time goes by I'm increasingly not sure he said it because it is in essence dualism and I, I don't believe that Lewis for all his faults was a dualist uh, the idea of the break between the soul and the body and particularly the belief that you are a soul w that has a body that we're tied down to this physical form is a very ancient heresy and it, it comes ultimately from a misunderstanding of what the body is supposed to do. Our goal is not to eliminate the body, but to transfigure it. Because God has given us our existence, and our existence is physical and spiritual bound up together. That's what makes us different than the angels, the bodiless hosts. That's what makes us different than the animals. Is that we are in the image and likeness of God, and yet nevertheless have physical being, physical presence... And we have to unite these two things. The, the struggle to unite the two things, you know, there's a struggle, I've talked about the agony in the garden and the struggle between the two pulling at each other. And perhaps I was wrong to phrase it that way. It's almost like two heads of a magnet to the same charge. The, the, you, the goal is to bring them together even though they push each other apart. Uh, or really two opposite poles of the same magnet that are, they're one, but they have a, a negative and a positive charge that uh, energizes them in opposite directions, so to speak. But they nevertheless remain united. And it is the, the attempt to bring them together and unite them fully that creates the struggle that we see in the agony in the garden. The, uh, and we have to decide how we put what to death because inevitably one does tend to do that there's a mortification but there's a mortification in our medicine you know, when you take a painkiller isn't that a funny word have you ever given any thought to that word painkiller and yet we talk about it nonchalantly but what you're doing is you're actually uh, numbing you're shutting down you're mortifying a nerve or a nervous system when you take a Tylenol or an aspirin it has the effect of numbing of forcing a part of the part of the body to cease to function in order that you might be able to endure something greater now if you have no pain it makes you slightly stronger doesn't it it allows you to do things that you cannot do when you have a debilitating pain and the same thing is true of the relationship between the spirit and the uh, between the, the body and the spirit generally. The uh, the French refer to the consummation of the marital act as le petit mort, the little death. Uh, it's uh, the, now the French are deeply carnal people, and they they are. They have all sorts of wonderful little words and phrases to refer to very carnal realities. They're, they tend to be deeply sensual and very... Uh, 
They have many appetites, and they indulge them all. The French have a reputation for that. But they're also a deeply poetic people, and there's something spiritual about poetry. All good poetry, true poetry, has a spiritual element to it. I suppose that's what sets modern poetry apart. When you think about it, it doesn't have any spirit to it. It's dead inside, you know. You read trash by Maya Angelou or that Allen Ginsberg pedophile, and uh, they have no spirit to them. They're just devoid. It's not modernism, per se. You can read Eliot. There's plenty of spirit in Eliot. There's plenty of spirit in Pound. Plenty of spirit, certainly spirit in Blake and Coleridge, both of whom fancied themselves theologians. They were bad theologians, but they had a sense of the spirit about them, at least. And because poetry has a spirit to it, it has an element of the spiritual, it sees things that, uh, that we don't see as readily when we look at them head on. And the French, for all their carnality, have a spirit about their ability to see what's going on in moments of great pleasure or consummation. And what they see is a little death. They see a dying of the soul. Because in moments of carnal ecstasy... The spirit is numbed in the same way that your nerves are numbed if you take a painkiller. We are called as Christians to go in the opposite direction. We are called as Christians to mortify the flesh, that the spirit might live more, and because the spirit in living will enliven the flesh and transfigure it. See, the flesh has a life of its own. It has a life to itself. And it is through the mortification of that sort of false light, you know, reflective light. It's like the difference between the sun and and, and and an electric light. You get the same level of brightness, but one of them is false. In, In essence, it is. The electric light is a false light. It's the artificial focusing of energy to mimic the natural light that you get from, say, the fire of the sun or a fire that we light here on Earth. You can get the same level of, of light and energy from a torch uh, as you can from the sun if you get the right thing to burn. Magnesium, for instance, you set magnesium ablaze, it will be bright as, sun, as the sun. So you can get that brightness naturally, but you could also get it artificially. And this, the body has almost a sort of uh, false light about it, has a false life to it. Its true life is the life that enlivens it through the spirit. That is the union of the two. And that's the transfigured existence that we're supposed to live. That's when our, that's when our, our being becomes fully luminous in the way that Adam and Eve were in the garden, in the way Christ was after his resurrection, or when he was transfigured on Mount Tabor. There's a full union and a breathing of the life of the spirit into the body. And that's why we mortify the body, so that the life of the spirit can come to dominate. It's not that one replaces the other. The body is still there. It's still real. It just happens to be enlivened by a more complete life, one that is not divorced from its creator, as we talked about yesterday. And that's why we mortify. We mortify that we might live. And because death and life, these two things, they're... They're intimately connected, just as the spirit and the body are intimately bound together in our faith. 
Uh, so because they're intimately connected, because we have these this this binding together, we cannot leave one or ignore one without ignoring the other. And so we've got a sort of cooperation that's necessary between the two of them. You have to remember that you're alive. You can't be a, a, cut yourself off from the world, be a hermit or anything. You know, as a, I mean, I suppose you can. There are people that are called to that sort of life, the aromatic life, but uh, we as lay people are not. So on the, on the one hand, you can't uh, completely kill the body and become and, and annihilate it you know, through some kind of ritual suicide or what have you. There's no, that's none of that. And at the same time, you can't live in a hedonistic way that kills the spirit. You have to find a way where you are aware of your life, where you do live, and yet where you are also deeply aware of your death. You have the memento mori before you. I forget which saint it was. It may have been St. Mark the Ascetic, but I might be wrong about that. Who, uh, it might have been St. Anthony the Great, now that I think about it, who had remarked that uh, and taught that uh, the easiest way to avoid sin is to keep your death ever before you. And one, on the one hand, it reminds us of eternity that follows death, but on the other hand, it paints a very stark picture in terms of the relationship between death and life. Sin is itself a kind of death, and we do not flee from it as we flee from physical death, and that's a mark of our carnality. We should have the same degree, the same survival instinct applied to sin as we do to physical death. And that rather is my prayer today, that we should have a... a sense of awareness about us, a survival instinct, a Christian survival instinct, a spiritual survival instinct, that we should fear the death of the spirit as much as we fear our own carnal death. And in so doing, we shall fear our carnal death less because we will see it as a means whereby we draw closer to God in our final judgment. And therefore, better appreciate those that have gone before us, or better appreciate what they have before them, and shall pray all the more earnestly for them, and keep them all the more present in our minds, that we, like they, might stand favorably before the throne of Almighty God and be joined to Him in eternity. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.